Lock Talk Radio. That's the, uh, I don't know how many years ago, about six or seven? Four or five. Well, you know, when you get older, you always keep like six or seven. I do this annual Christmas party in Nashville. Um, We don't raise money for anything, we just raise money for beer, wherever beer (laughs) Everybody just kind of kicks in the Christmas season with the whole damn family. And, uh, so uh, I was getting ready to do the whole damn family one, one December, and this little girl comes up to me with her buddy, and uh, they want to take me out in the parking lot and get me high. Thanks, but no thanks. I had to go up, uh, we had to get the whole damn family going. So uh, <laughs> uh, we got a picture taken together. And the next thing I know, uh, I'm over at my record company, Old Boy Records, and uh, I hear a tape, and it's Casey singing this song about how she's going to burn off with John Fry. Here 
everybody. Welcome to the year-end show. Is it me, Nate, and Vicky? This is the first year where it feels like we survived rather than we we lived through it. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it has been a very I just got that look on my face year. like Arnold at the end of Predator. That dead look <laughs> on his face when he's in the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. Yeah, I have to say, when we started conceiving of this show, of course we knew it was going to be our last show of the year. Of course we knew it was going to be a year-end wrap-up. I watched so many friggin' movies and so much TV this year that. I had to just, like, I really had to slough through my memories and try to really figure out the things that stood out to me as far as music, movies, TV, everything. Uh, I still don't think that I have a full list, but with the three of us, I'm sure we can come up with enough to talk about for the next two hours. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, but before we get into that, uh, Vicky. Yeah. You need to watch more sci-fi shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. You know, when I read that, I thought it was a joke at first, but then the guy, he was freaking serious. And and I tried to be really nice to him. Each reply though, I got more snarky because he was just a dumbass. And he just kept coming after me on a sci-fi thread, on a sci-fi page where the question that that was posed on this thread uh, at the, the streaming show from Amazon and First Sci-Fi Channel, um, it was the greatest sci-fi show ever. And so I disagreed, and I said it's a great show because I personally love it, but it's not the gr- greatest sci-fi ever. And, Stephen, your reason is the most legit of all, Okay. But anyways, going back, this guy, out of nowhere, I can't even remember his name because he eventually blocked me because <laughs> he attacked me, so of course he's going to block me, right? But anyway, he says to my answer, the one I just gave you, the answer, and he says, um, you watched The Expanse three times through? You need to... Uh, you need to diversify. You need to watch more um, sci-fi. There's plenty of good stuff out there. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't want to read his actual words. But he tells me, me, of all people, that there's plenty of sci-fi out there. You just need to uh, forget about the expanse and watch more. Okay, so, and this isn't an expanse um sci-fi site all right it's i mean facebook page it's a science fiction is everything page and so uh so i write back to him and i go hey dude i you know i watch my favorite stuff you know many times but obviously you don't know who you're talking to you know nothing about me uh i run i have my own podcast called vicky love sci-fi because i i know a lot about sci-fi and i watch a lot of it 
Then he comes back at me like all pissed off. And he says, oh, well, you just didn't understand what I meant. I meant you need to read more. And, and it went from there, and it got stupider. And then finally I just said, dude, you are just the dumb ass of all. And uh, have a nice life. Leave me alone. And then he, uh, he blocked me because I was right about my own life. <laughs> Let me say this seriously. If we were sitting in a bar and someone looked at Vicky and said, "You," if we were sitting in a bar and someone looked at Vicky and said, "You need to read more," I'd grab Nate and say, "Let's get the hell out of here before we get hurt too." (laughs) (laughs) Right. let me just mansplain something to you. Uh, the experience is the best. That's uh, what I right, pictured Steve. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> You're perfect. Right, Steve, let's get perfect. out of here. She's got this. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, have you ever heard, but, what? Have you ever heard of a movie called Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I even tried to get this guy to explain to me. He told me that I was making judgments. However, he attacked me, so I tried to defend myself, and he told me I was making judgments. <laughs> so then, then I said, "Well, dude, I've I've read this, this, and this book, and watched these are my favorite shows. You know, I just gave him a sampling of my diversity to try to make him be nice." And he just came back with, um, you are a bitch. You are, you're uh, so judgmental. And I'm like, what? Who are you? So, anyway. Yeah, that's funny. I I seriously, I don't know any other women who love sci-fi as much as you. And even, like, my wife, it, like, I'll try to get her to watch even something as pedestrian as, Star Wars, and she's like, I'm a woman. I don't even like the good sci-fi movies. Just no. Just no. <laughs> and the funny thing right. is, she's act- she, the funny thing is, she's actually a scientist. So when I get her to sit down and watch a science fiction movie, she's like, that's not real. That's not, that yeah. wouldn't happen. I'm like, there's a fiction element. It's, it's in the title. Science fiction. <laughs> Some of it is science. You remember when uh, (laughs) Neil deGrasse got in trouble because he was jokingly criticizing movies for having fake science and fanboys just come after him? Oh, it wasn't just fanboys. He stopped showing up on on talk shows after that because everybody was going after him. Right? Yeah, that's when he created his own uh, show was because everyone was coming. Uh, he would go on talk shows, and then he would start, you know, like, well, that's that's kind of ridiculous in that film, and that's kind of ridiculous in that show. And this is why that can't happen. But if they only tweaked it like this, and after a while, people are like, he can't be on the show. He's ruining TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when, remember when they did the re-release, or re-release of Titanic, they actually altered the uh, the constellations because Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, nope, that time of year in that part of the world, you would not see those constellations. 
I think one of the best quotes I ever heard is uh, the Mythbusters proved that two of them could get on uh, that door and just be safe about it. And uh, uh, what's his name, the director? Cameron just said, I'm the director. I say they don't. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there's a difference between my, uh, science faction and science fiction and science fantasy. Yep, those are all distinct genres within their, within <laughs> that whole umbrella, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh well, just. That was just typical of the internet this past year when I I thought things were starting to get a little bit better on the internet, not so much fighting. Then 2020 happened. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't you that posted that meme? It said 2019. We found new planets. We found new constellations. We're going to the stars. 2020. Jesus Christ, people, just wear a fuck freaking mask. <laughs> How did we get from, ooh, we got new stars to wear a freaking mask? Uh, I, How did I work, we devolve so work, quick in one year? I work with one guy who absolutely refuses to wear a mask, even though it's required in our office building for everyone to wear a mask. And there's one guy who refuses to wear a mask. And it's not, it's not one of those like, Oh, it's my, it's my life. It's my Liberty, my freedom. It's not that it's that he does not believe that the virus exists. He does not believe that the science is there to prove that there's an actual virus and he doesn't, he's not going to get the vaccine. I'm like, well, I think 130,000 people who have already died from the virus would probably disagree with you, but, uh, you know, you do you, man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do you. That, this guy, he must have been um, six foot four. He was in the grocery store this morning. No mask. I mean, no mask, and he. I wanted to go get some onions, and he was right there breathing all over the, the onions, and he had no mask. The two guys that worked at the grocery store in the uh, vegetable section, they flanked him and came up behind him on both sides and went, you need to wear a mask, <laughs> and he walked out. He didn't have a mask at all, period. What a jerk, and he was old, too. He must have been older than me. He was old. He had gray hair. <laughs> older than you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, when got you started? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, nothing. I was just giving Vicky a hard time. I was going to ask yeah. if, uh, when ask if he had a started, Did you actually think, guys, that Donald Trump would not win asshole of the year? <laughs> Uh, well, no, uh, no, no. Donald Trump was my asshole of the year before he ever became president. Almost every year. Uh, right. Yeah. 
Mike but then, then, then all of a sudden, within the past week, Mitch McConnell says, don't worry, Mr. President, you're not going to be the asshole of the year this year. <laughs> <laughs> and he slam dunks it. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. He, 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 fell, he fell on the sword pretty hard on that one. Yep. 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 Yeah. Trump set mm-hmm. him up perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I mean, you can see it from, you know, miles and weeks ahead of time. <laughs> Mitch McConnell, <laughs> you're going to do yeah. it, baby. It's funny, though, because my boss, my boss was a lifelong uh, liberal. He always voted Democrat. He always was left-leaning. But he hated Hillary so much that he went and voted for Trump. And so – now, all of a sudden, he's like super far right. He loves Trump. He loves everything that the Republicans are doing. And he and I, we we have friendly debates at work because we share an office. So we have friendly debates at work about politics. Uh, it never gets bloodthirsty or anything. But like he seriously, uh, yeah, no, he, he he tries to accuse me all the time. Well, you just hate Trump because – because Hillary didn't win and you're a liberal and you hate McConnell because blah, blah, blah. No, I've always hated those guys. It has nothing to do with <laughs> being president. I've always hated those guys. <laughs> I hated I, I hated Trump when he was a failing businessman floundering around in New York City. I, him being president has nothing to do with why I hate him. It increased my hatred for him, but it's not where my hatred for him began. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. most of us feel that way. Most of <clears throat> most of us feel that way. You know, it's just <clears throat> that radical fringe of about seventy million people. <laughs> and then when 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 they were when they were doing all the recounts and they kept coming up over and over again for Biden, Biden, Biden. Uh, when they kept coming up for Biden, my boss was like, "Well." I'm not going to accept the results of this election because there's some shady stuff going on. And I was like, (laughs) okay. I said, where are you getting your information from? He goes, have you ever been on the dark web? I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) Has skull and crossbones and everything. Where do you think I get my smokable material? Uh, For the record, no, Nate does not go on the dark web to buy his smokable material. He's old school. He buys it from some sketchy guy standing in a corner. That's That's not even untrue. The last bag of weed that I bought, I got from a dude standing next to the red box outside of a Walgreens. (laughs) did he have a variety (laughs) no he he just had one kind of weed and Uh, he had it all bagged up he had it all bagged up and i brought it home and abby was so pissed off at me because this was when the pandemic was first starting this was before you had to wear masks but they were still saying social distancing Stay six feet away. Don't touch your face. Don't shake hands with people. You know, they, they, this was yeah. when they were first starting all that stuff. And I came home and she's like, where'd you get that pot? And I was like, I bought it off some sketchy dude at Walgreens. And she's like, you're not going to smoke that. Are you? I'm like, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> and she was like, I, I, I don't think you should smoke that. You just 
stranger in the in the in the midst of a pandemic. And I was like, eh, I figure the pot will kill whatever germs he gave me when I when he handed me the bag. <laughs> and in his mind, he was thinking, "You should have seen those scary motherfuckers I used to buy weed from back in the day." <laughs> yeah, right. right. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Those memories, I don't even want to think about. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Well, you think that's bad though? A couple of weeks ago, Stephen, you and I were talking, and uh, I told you that I had uh, had tripped on mushrooms, and uh, the guy that I got the mushrooms from was even sketchier than the guy that I got the weed from. So you know, <laughs> I'm going way down the spiral. I thought you actually literally tripped on a mushroom. I'm like, God, damn, you're lightweight. If you can trip over a mushroom. Yeah, I could. I only weigh 150 pounds. I probably could trip over a mushroom if I tried hard enough. Yeah. Yeah, this is, ever since March this year, has just gone straight. Uh, hell. Movie theaters shut down. We were all stuck at home. People were going crazy over this election. It just seems like our inner stupid blossomed like a rose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Every month, a new petal. (laughs) Go ahead. I, I, (laughs) I think. I think there was a lot of stupidity already there. We just needed someone stupid enough to give voice to the <laughs> stupid people. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so let so it all they out. Could, yeah, they could revel in their stupidity. <laughs> right. Like you, you know, know, you yeah. know when it got really bad is when remember when he used to in, in April and May he used to get up in front and have his daily talks in front of the camera and he just ramble on about crazy shit that's when it all really started to unravel all of it you know our lives you know what internet, that reminded everything. me of it reminded me of what? when your friend gets the extra strong weed that he can't handle and then he takes like and he smokes like a big fat joint and then he just starts rambling on whatever the hell he wants to you like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. That grass outside looks weird to me, man. There's something hiding in it, man. There's elves. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't feel so good, man. I don't feel so good. Should I inject some bleach? Should I inject some bleach? I don't feel good, man. <laughs> that one was hilarious. I saw that one where he he's talking about sunlight. Get out into the sunlight; it will kill the virus. And if not, maybe some Lysol. Lysol, and then it went straight to bleach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was hilarious. I was watching it as it was happening. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. In, I in never. The office, yeah. No, in the yeah. office building where I work, I see the janitors going around every day, multiple times a day, with sunlight, just just killing off the, just killing it off, just a, <laughs> just a handful of sunlight, taking care of everything. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't rely it's on. It's like vampire. It's like uh, uh, Max 
Shrek at the end of Nosferatu, a symphony of terror. Ah! <laughs> He's a coronavirus dies, it fades away. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this, this has been a crazy year. And actually, I'll talk about it some more later in the show because my number one movie of this year has a lot, a lot of 2020 in it. So I'll have a lot more to say about it later, but I'm saving some of my talking points for, I'm saving some of my talking points for once the mushrooms kick in. So, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my first one that I'm going to pick is one of my favorites, and it came out in January, and people forgot about it real quick because God blessed them. And that's the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson from the same guy who did uh, that one, The Killing of Sharon Tate. He actually put in the movie that the ghost of Charles Manson gets this guy to kill Nicole Brown Simpson. He's trying to create, in his words, a Manson verse. All right. Wow. Never even... That's crazy. It is crazy. I mean... Go ahead. I I saw the... the, the murder of Sharon Tate. I didn't see the Nicole Brown Simpson one. So that's funny that you say that though, because uh, one of the things that my boss, who is now an avid Trump supporter has decided we were having a conversation last week and he's decided that, uh, or he maybe had already decided this, but he brought up the fact that he does not believe that OJ killed his wife and, uh, Ron Goldman. No, my my boss does not believe that narrative. He thinks that it was a frame up. By who? I don't know. See, <laughs> just, just a frame up. You don't have to have a who for a good theory. Okay. <laughs> All you have to do is say, you know, they did it, man. They did it. They did it. They framed him. So Ooh, this hey. is. A- you know who they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know they. Yeah, they. they. They're much like them. <laughs> <laughs> they and them. Sometimes and, they and them team up and do it together. Yeah. They become us. In Vicky's day, they were called the man. <laughs> yes, yeah, the man. Right. The and man. They always wore black. <laughs> yes. The man I is still always say trying that, to hold the man. Down. So they'll say, what are you talking about? I go, you know, the man. And they'll go, well, who are you? Are you from a different era? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm almost 50, so I'm not quite, I'm not quite old enough to be from that era, but I baby. still say, I, I still say the man and groovy and, Hey, are you hip to this? Like, I I don't know. I still use that lingo. Well, that's good lingo. That's the best stuff they say these days. Weird. <laughs> Weird. What's uh, one of yours, uh, Nate, that you like? Uh, one of my favorite movies from this year was Scare Me. Did either one of you guys see that? Uh, nope. Boom. I've heard of that, though. It was a really interesting movie. I uh, I 
I watched it because it it presents itself as an anthology film where three different people are each going to tell a scary story. And, you know, like Creep Show is one of my favorite movies. I love those anthology shows like The Twilight Zone and, uh, you know, uh, Tales from the Dark Side. So I went into it just thinking it's going to be a typical uh, anthology movie, but it wasn't. The three people actually just sit in one room together and tell each other scary stories and act them out. So it never actually cuts away to, you know, normally something like that would be a a framing device where they would start to tell the story and then it would pop off and actually show you what they're saying. But right. this this movie, they just told the stories, acted them out, and there were sound effects and, uh, you know, lighting effects. It was a really neat, uh, it was a really neat take on the horror uh, anthology uh, model. I, I liked it a lot. So yeah, scare me. That that was that was probably my my number five for the year. Uh, I like it a lot. You guys should check it out. It's on Shutter. Yeah. It's on Shutter. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Becky? Well, I'm gonna go with um, one of my favorites. And I watched it twice, in fact, and that is uh, The Vast of Night. I really Mm -hmm. like this little story. I think it's a a great little uh, movie. It's on uh, Prime, and it's always been on Prime. When it came out in summer, they they never, you know, shuttered it away or anything. And so uh, it's about, uh, it's in the 1950s. It's a night of a big basketball game at this little town. Um, and there's a, a, a legend, sort of a, a recent legend, about maybe there's some kind of something up in the sky. It's a very secret, secret type of legend that goes around this little town. But um, one night, the sound that is associated with something that might be in the sky comes over the radio and this, uh, this girl who works the telephones back then, you know, the, you know, the telephones back in the 1950s where you had to plug them in. You had to have the operator to help you connect. She's that. And she is. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And so, um, she hears that sound and she records it and her best friend who's a little bit older, he's on another radio show and she patches it into him. And then a couple of callers call in and go, we know what that is. And then it goes on and on and on into um, this science fiction story. And I just really liked it. The character development I thought was pretty good. The little mystery is is pretty good because there's uh there's actually a MacGuffin in it that I like and so I mean there's just lots of different things about this movie that and I love the atmosphere of the 1950s made me believe I was there the conversation the script is good the talk between the characters is really believable so vast of night it's really good that's my favorite, yeah. or one of my favorites. Did you see that, Stephen? Did you see The Vast of Night? No. What? 
Well, well, the first one on my like list is uh, Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. You would think this would be another underwater type alien movie. But then it goes in directions you don't expect it to during the last third of the movie. And I'm like, wow, this changed from a Jaws, underwater Jaws movie into a Right, right. I watched it. I I liked it. <laughs> I it was yeah, 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 it, when they went into the well Lovecraftian territory during the last third of the movie. Yeah, I thought that was um clever. It was a clever twist, clever turn. Cause yeah, yeah. you're thinking. I was thinking crab creatures or something. Whoops, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't say anything. It, it it kind of. First of all, to rewind for a second, I thought The Vast of Night was one of the best movies of the year too. I I really liked that a lot, uh, and I agree with oh, what good. you were saying. Yeah, I I good, agree with what good. you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know you was, see movies, and you don't talk to anybody. Tell, tell me more. Yeah. What? What do you like about it? <laughs> right? No. Uh, but, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I think what you said was apt. Um, the dialogue is good. The the uh, set design was amazing. It really drew you into yeah. the whole 1950s. Uh, and, yeah, it did, it did have a lot of suspense that – and it did – it was a really suspenseful movie that didn't rely on like jump scares and gore. Yep. Uh, it was, yep. it was, it was, I know it's plotted like a, you know, or presented as a sci-fi movie, but it's really more of like a mystery. So, right. But it is it's a mystery a with that sci-fi twist to it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's very good. And now, and now with Underwater, I agree with Steven on that one, too. I really, I thought that I was just slogging through, like, another, like, Jaws ripoff or something. But, yeah, the at the end when they upped the ante with, like, the, yeah, the real, like, like it, it's kind of a crossover film. Kind of a crossover film because it, it's not just, like, a, like a, yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like it kind of reminds me of uh, in spirit. It reminds me of from dusk till dawn. It starts off as one movie. And then in the last third, it switches into a completely different movie. So I thought I, I liked underwater. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't care much uh, for Kristen Stewart. I think her acting is flat. A lot of the times she was okay yeah. in underwater, but. Yeah, she was okay, but I think her I agree that it's okay. I'm giving yeah. you a thumbs up right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's see. She stretched a little bit from being in love with a vampire to being underwater, being chased by monsters. Yeah. She changed <laughs> You're underwater. I never understood yeah. that part. Why did she have to be in her underwear for like two-thirds of the movie? But here, let me say this about the underwear she had on. In the water like that, she would have lost it in the first 30 seconds, okay? That's the kind of underwear that does not, you know, cling to your body. 
So that was totally this, unrealistic. <laughs> See, this is a drinking game you can perform with underwater, too. Every time they have a focus on a shot of Christian Stewart's ass, take a shot. <laughs> I noticed that, too, and I don't even like girls like that. So there was a lot of shots. <laughs> See, Stephen, this is why we need a female voice on the show on a regular basis because I don't know enough about women's underwear to know that I, I just don't, you know, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, I That never even crossed my mind when I was watching it, but I was probably more focused on the butt than the underwear. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to know those little tidbits or else you don't get asked on shows. I know these little tiny tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, underwater is fun. It's kind of fun trash yeah. that we needed this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What's another? Absolutely. Yeah. What's another one of yours, Nate? Uh, the next movie that I have, and this one is kind of outside of uh of my normal uh wheelhouse, uh, but. I really enjoyed uh, Judd Apatow's King of Staten Island. I liked that movie a lot. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think I I have an issue with Judd Apatow because yeah. and, and I know this I know this is going to sound funny coming from me because as I often mention, everyone knows my favorite director is Quentin Tarantino. But even then, I can be. Um, objective and say that Quentin Tarantino's films are self-indulgent. This is what happens when you give some, just throw money at someone and say, make whatever movie you want. You end up with a four hour Western that takes place in one friggin' room, you know, and people, you know, it still wins, you know, still makes millions of dollars. So I kind of feel the same Three way. Three hours Judd and 11 minutes. <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way about Judd Apatow. I feel like, you know, he kind of started his career off with like goofy stoner comedies, but uh, he more and more his films have been getting longer and longer and more complex. And I appreciate him as an artist because I don't know if people know this about Judd Apatow. Some people do, I'm sure, but he started his career when he was 16 years old. He got a job uh, not a job, but he uh, volunteered at his school's radio station. Uh, I don't know. My When I was in high school, my school didn't have a radio station, but I guess his did. Um, but he would use that opportunity. He would call famous comedians and and their managers and arrange interviews with them. And they would just accept it because he said he was calling from a radio station. And then a 16 year old kid would show up at like Jerry Seinfeld's house and be like, Hey, <laughs> can I do an interview for my radio show? You know? So he does have a lot of respect uh, from me for that. Just as a comedian, I do respect the fact that he knew from a young age that he wanted to do comedy and he chased that dream hard. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, I think he's he is starting to get a bit self-indulgent. His movies are getting longer and more involved, and they seem to lean more into his personal life. But uh, King of Staten Island, 
is actually loosely based on uh, uh, the the real life of uh, Pete Davidson, who is the star of the movie. Uh, his father was a firefighter who died on 9-11, and Pete Davidson was young when that happened. And he actually suffered through a long period of drug addiction and, you know, eventually came out the other side to become one of the stars of Saturday Night Live. And that's what this movie is about. And, you know, like I said, it's loosely based on his real life, but it's funny. It's, it's touching. Um, I, I, I really, I went into it open-minded thinking, well, I might, you know, I like Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live and I like some of Judd Apatow's stuff, but this might not be the best movie, but uh, Abby and I watched it and we both agreed it was probably one of the best movies that we saw this year. So King of Staten Island. And I didn't see it, so I can't help you on that one. Yeah. I want to name two of my worst, and I call this the vacation double feature of hell. And that is The Lodge in Fantasy Island. (laughs) You you, you didn't like The Lie? You didn't like The Lie? The Lodge. Oh, The Lodge. Oh, the lodge. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, about two little kids who are like little assholes who drive their stepmother crazy and she kills everyone at the end of the movie. I wanted to kill a little mother in five minutes of the movie starting. <laughs> You're like, yum, yum. But those little motherfuckers, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No,
like neither one of them could get pregnant, but because of that, it was like uh, one one of them, the woman, couldn't get pregnant, and the other one, the guy, was sterile. So they switched partners and decided, you know, okay, I'm going to let you have sex with my wife so we can have a baby, and then all four of us are going to raise the baby together. And it was kind of framed like a comedy but it was just a shrill, noisy movie with people just yelling and not like in the good, like, uh, not like in the good, um, uh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, short. Well, not, no, but I mean, not like in the good, like, uh, like shortcuts or uh, Robert Altman. It wasn't like in the good Robert Altman way when a lot of people are talking at once and you can, uh, you know, understand what's going on it was just like a horrible people screeching over each other and i was just like nope nope i like things quiet i'm a quiet man i like things to be quiet (laughs) and uh yeah so that didn't work for me but yeah did you see either one of those movies vicky the lodge or uh no uh i i have a a a hard time wasting my time on movies I know are going to be bad. And so it just said <laughs> fantasy Island and it had that picture of that girl. And I'm like, no way. Sorry. My life <clears throat> means something to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, no, I never, um, I didn't know. I don't know the lodge at all. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just told you the whole plot. Yeah. yeah. Don't watch the whole plot. Uh, a woman's stepchildren drive her crazy and she kills everyone. Yeah, it's it's pretty much uh well, I think per- she's oh. actually already crazy. She's actually already crazy, but her stepchildren don't help the matter at all. <laughs> uh uh well, so Vicky, what was your least what, what what can you think of a bad one that you saw this year? Um Uh, no, I don't have a worse movie, and there's a reason why. To the movies that I watched, I was just so particular. I watched a lot of series this year. Since I couldn't go to the movie theater, I just kind of shoved movies aside. I mean, I have a whole list. I have a list of 20 movies I saw and I liked. I could, But you know what? On this list right here, I can tell you a movie that, some people really liked that I didn't like because of something you just said. How about that? Okay. Follow that okay. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, the, the wolf of snow hollow, man, I thought I was going to love this movie and I did. It's kind of quirky. It's not nearly as, as wolfy scary as I thought it was going to be. But the one thing that really got to me was the screaming, the literal freaking screaming of the main character i i got up and left the room twice because of his screaming i just couldn't take it i couldn't take what was happening on the screen and so i really wanted to love that movie and i was pretty i was put off by it i won't watch it again done well but they're screaming they're the character, his screaming just really, and it's, 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 it's really like screaming, ranting. And so it was just, 
I thought it was inappropriate for the film, for the story. I, maybe the words would have been okay if he wasn't freaking screaming. Maybe it was the actor's choice that was wrong. I don't know, but it was his freaking yeah. screenplay, and he directed it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I can't yeah. say that the, the he made the wrong choices for the characters. He created the character. So I guess the story for me is flawed. Yeah. I was someone who said that there was a Prometheus prequel that came out this year. I just lost you. No, I can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me? I I could not hear you at all. I you just totally okay. faded out. You said something about a Prometheus prequel that came out this year. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I wrote a big old thing on it on Facebook. Um not quite a review, but um you know what? I don't know if it's a I don't know. I posted that article with what I said because I don't know if it's a Prometheus prequel or not. But there's a lot of evidence you could point towards a Prometheus um, prequel. And I mean on the engineer side, not on the human side, on the engineer side. And so that is uh, the series Raised by Wolves. I liked it. In the end, I, at first I thought I was going to hate it. Then I finally watched it. And at first, I thought I was going to not watch it after I watched the first episode, but it intrigued me enough to watch the next one. The whole thing is, is that it has this huge setup. You have to, um, you have to watch the first two, three episodes to really understand the foundation of the setup for the, the season finale. And so, and you know what? This this show is pure, pure science fiction. You can't get any more science fiction than this show. And so once I realized I was in a pure science fiction story, I fell in love with it. But it's weird. And it's the best, I think. never understood that. You had to say that. Well, Vicki, is this people's like, oh, I didn't like said comic books, said shows, said this. Well, why didn't you like it? Oh, I just caught a random episode and it didn't make any sense to me. Did you watch it from the first? No. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, if you just watch this show, um, just pick out a piece of an episode and watch it, you're going to go, oh, that's too fucking freaky for me, and you're not going to watch it. But you have to invest in it. This is Each episode is almost 60 minutes. They're, they're 54, 55, 56 minutes straight through, no commercials, okay? So that's a lot of um, story to, to watch, and some people just aren't up for that. Yeah, I think that's so funny. That, you know, uh, and I know this is a joke that gets passed around and around on the Internet, but 
it is a funny concept that we've come to this point in our culture, though, where, you know, it'll be like 9 o'clock at night, and, you know, Abby doesn't get home from work until 10.30. So I'll be like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. I'll, I'll squeeze in one more movie before Abby gets home, and then I'll be like, ah, I don't have time for a movie, and then I'll watch seven hour-long episodes of a friggin' <laughs> Netflix show. Oh, I can't. Nah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, it, it is kind of weird about streaming culture, the way that we've all adapted to it and the way that we, uh, mm-hmm. the way that we kind of frame it where it is, it is that kind of, uh, uh, I'm not in the mood for a movie. I think I'll just watch an entire season of a TV show in one <laughs> sitting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate, you remember that uh, George Carlin bit where he started out going, "Don't worry, something funny's going to happen, but it's not going to happen for about fifteen to twenty minutes." So please, <laughs> yep, yep. you know where he talks about me and go through the setup with me, and it was worth it, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so. My least favorite movie of the year, and all of my friends are shocked and surprised, and I know this movie was a big hit, but I fucking hated Uncut Gems. That movie was a piece of shit from top to bottom. I don't care. I I, I hated it. I hated it. It was, again, it was laughing the movie. Yeah, it was loud, it was it was shrill and I didn't care. I I was not it, I like Adam Sandler okay in small doses and I do think that under the direction of of a good director like I loved him in Punch Drunk Love and you know, I even like some of his stupid goofy movies like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I liked him on Saturday Night Live. It's not that I don't like him per se. I just, I, I, the movie was just so shrill and loud and his character was not likable enough for me to give a shit what happened to him. I was just like, good. Hope, I hope someone breaks your fucking kneecaps, dude. You're a douchebag. Like, <laughs> don't care like what me in the lodge. Yeah, I exactly. like me in the lodge. Yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, you're like, I don't care if these kids get killed, they're fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another good one that I loved, and I considered my favorite comedy of last year, and it surprised me because I didn't think it was going to be that good, and that's Borat to the sequel. That one was actually <laughs> hilarious, even with the part with... Uh, What's his name? Getting complaint, getting played with his dates. Yeah, Giuliani touching his dingus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually I, as funny as the first one, but not as not funnier. But it's still hilarious. Yeah, I I almost put that one on my list. Um, I, I did like it, but. I have to say, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, you know, I first became aware of him when he was doing Ali G, you know, back when he was doing the Ali G TV show. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, 
And then I liked the first Borat movie okay. And then he kind of drifted away, and I wasn't really interested in what he was doing. Like, like, I never watched Bruno. I never watched The Dictator. Uh, Those movies didn't really interest me that much. Um, But he did come back really big this year with two movies that I liked, and one of them was, yes, uh, the Borat sequel. Uh, and the other one was the the, the movie that uh, he did where he played um, Abby Hoffman. Uh, what was that one called? Oh, he played Abby Hoffman. of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a really good movie. I liked that a lot. Yeah. For sure. Everyone liked that one. Yeah. yeah, and he was, was the movie. Especially if you haven't got, especially if you weren't around and you didn't know what the hell it was about. Right. Yeah, if yeah, if you didn't know that that was a true story, if you just punched that movie up on Netflix or Amazon, wherever it is, and just started watching it, and you didn't know that was a true story, you'd be like, man, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those types My of stories. My favorite like, story. line, and it goes with that, is uh, when George Carlin was brought to trial, Senator, right. he yep. got yeah. his hair cut in a three-piece suit, and the judge was like, and the prosecutor's like, Your Honor, I want to object. Why? He's dressed like that. He's making the jury prejudicial for him. all right well when when i was when i was growing up uh my my parents were hippies uh and my dad had really long hair and a really long beard but he told me every time he said every time i've ever had to go to court i put my hair in a ponytail I comb my beard, I put on a suit, and I never get in trouble. So there's some there's some merit to that, I guess, you know. <laughs> when we're at home, he's sitting there with his hair all frizzed out and his beard all bushy, smoking weed and, you know, talking about the gut dang Republicans and their butt butt butt. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, but when he goes to, when he has to go to court, he's like hair in a ponytail suit and tie, brush out the beard. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honor. It was uh, just a simple mistake. Uh, <laughs> yep. So there's something to be said about that. And that was the problem with Chicago 7 is they went in full blast. Yeah. Well, I like they the even made the Chicago 7, but I like the people versus Larry Flint more. Yeah. Right. Actually, I was just thinking about that movie the other day. Uh, I watched something else with Woody Harrelson in it, probably an episode of Cheers or something, because that's one of my go-to comfort shows when I'm just going to doze off on the couch and, you know, not really have to pay attention to something. Right. I I have those, uh, yeah. 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 uh, But, yeah, I was thinking about uh, the people versus Larry Flint. I kind of, it, it kind of fell off my radar. I haven't watched it for a long time, but it, I think it popped up again. I have too many streaming services, but I think it popped up on one of my streaming services. So it might've already been in my subconscious when I started, you know, like I said, when I saw 
Woody pop up on Cheers, but yeah. But yeah, side note, when we're talking about comfort shows, uh, not only is Cheers one of my uh, comfort shows, but I say this all the time, even more often than I mentioned Quentin Tarantino being my favorite director, the pilot episode of Cheers is the single best written pilot episode of any sitcom of all time. And I will take that to my grave. You're never, you're never going to get another answer out of me. You can go, gun to my head. What's the best pilot episode of any sitcom of all time? Cheers. It's cheers. No doubt. No question. <laughs> Don't even have to think about it. Don't even have to think about it. Best pilot episode ever. <clears throat> yeah. The best documentary yeah. I've seen this year was, uh, no, not the Tiger King. Now you can take that stupid white trash crap and stick it up their butt sideways. It was the Confession King. It was a docu. Is like a six-hour documentary on Henry Lee Lucas and how 99% of his confessions were lies. Yeah, yeah, I watched. <laughs> they closed that. over, I, ma- yeah, Vicky. They closed over sixty cases just because he said so. Right, right. Yeah. I know they didn't even investigate him anymore. They just closed cases. Well, sometimes yeah, I, cops just want to do that. <laughs> Remember, I used to work for sheriff's departments. Sometimes <laughs> they just want to do that. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. It's just, yeah. It's just scary that they actually, like, the sheriff has, like, put out the word, hey, if you got any cold case murders here, uh, come down here. We got a boy we think might confess for you. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I watched that, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that stuff gets pretty shady when, like you said, they they just start bringing in sheriffs and cops from all over the country, and he's just like, "Yep, I did it," and they're like, "Case closed." Yep, I did it. Case closed. Like, yeah, yes. they had, yeah, that that was some that was shady, but you know, it's a lot like uh, I mean, it's it's not an unknown trait of actual serial killers and i do believe that henry lee lucas was i do believe that he killed some people i don't think he killed 320 yeah, becky people and otis uh that pretty much becky uh becky's mom and dad there's basically four that can be tied to him set in stone right but yeah no he didn't kill that many people uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't like to go into this kind of stuff because it always makes me sound like I'm, you know, but it was a different time. You know, they, people, everyone went about things differently back then. So I am sure that the police felt perfectly justified in, you know, just being like, hey, if this guy's confessing to it, we can close the case, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know. Still, I mean, it doesn't make it right, but you know, like we, this is the this is the thing we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show about uh, you know movies and TV shows that are being pulled off of streaming services, and you know, we even talked about like you know 
Confederate statues being pulled down and, and stuff. It's like, I, I don't want to whitewash history. I want us to be able to, right. Right. I, I want to, I want us to be able to, to look at things objectively and say, well, maybe this was right. Maybe it was wrong. But again, different times people had different mindsets you know we can't let one we can't let one generation of 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 people decide what's right and what's wrong for all eternity you know i mean i agree totally agree it's terrible like did we talk about this on the show last week how in no yeah we did about flash gordon in the uk and they called uh being a racist character yeah you mentioned it yes yeah okay here's two that's on my list it's going to surprise you guys because well maybe not nate but uh bad boys three it wasn't that bad (laughs) <laughs> and Verona zombies. Okay, what was the first one? Bad Boys 3, I, Bad Boys Fly. Oh, oh, okay. Well, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost took Bad Boys 3 at the lowest of the action scale of this year. Yeah, I didn't see it because... I never really, uh, I don't know. I, I liked the first bad boys, but I mean, bear in mind that that came out when I was, uh, late teens, early twenties. So (laughs) it was, I I was a lot more, uh, I was, it was a lot easier to impress me back then. You know, now that I'm 10,000 movies deep into my movie watching career, there's a lot of stuff that I just gloss over. Um, but no, I didn't see, I didn't see Bad Boys 3, no, but, uh, so you, I've seen it cause it was a free cable weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Corona Zombies, what, a risk, what Charles Mann did is that he took, uh, Hell is a Living Dead by Bruno Matai and redubbed it with new dialogue. Yeah, I I did see that. And it actually I did see worked. And yeah, it actually did. worked. If you like <laughs> that did. kind of stupid shit. Uh, uh, I, I'm not really a big fan of Charles Band uh, in general. Like, uh, you know, I... I'll, I've watched a lot of his movies, but for the most part, I think he's He's like, he's, okay, he's even more of a low-budget director than Roger Corman. Now, I'll at least give Corman some credit, because even though he's pumped out a lot of cheap movies in his time, he also introduced us to a lot of great writers and directors just by giving them, you know, letting them put their foot, get their foot in the door, put their foot in the door, (laughs) get their foot in the door. So, um... I've never really been a big fan, but when I heard about this, oh, like you said. Oh, let's not pretend that Corona Zombies looks like it was filmed in someone's living room, and then they added the footage from Hell of the Living Dead to it. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I think Death, but, Nurse, and Bloody, Fa- Bloody, 
uh, crazy fat Ethel had higher production values than Corona. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they they did they did a good job with it though because they did in, uh, incorporate a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff, quote unquote fun, but a lot of uh, prescient details like. Uh, Toilet paper, running out of toilet paper, uh, you know, um, not, you know, world leaders, world leaders not dealing with the crisis properly, uh, media coverage. But the best that's just joke on here was at the uh, first in the movie, which was, hey, this music sounds familiar. Shut the fuck up, George. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it 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 was uh yeah it had a uh had some great scenes with uh actual some actual footage with uh donald trump that was fun (laughs) he still was not acknowledging he he was not acknowledging the fact that there was a killer virus on the loose oh wait (laughs) That's right. It was actual footage of uh, Donald Trump. Huh. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's another one that you like? Me? Me? Yeah, Who? go ahead, Vic. Yeah, Nate. Vic, Vic, oh, okay. Nate. You so know which Vicky one? I was... you... What? You guys are fucking up the rotation, man. I said let Vicky go ahead because she said she had a longer list than I do. So I I thought we'd uh, talk about some more. I thought we'd talk about some more of her. Size matters. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, um, in the I just wanted to say this documentaries. Um, the uh, uh, spaceship Earth was pretty interesting because I've been to the biodome. And so it was very cool because they interviewed the people or they took interviews from the old, from, from the 1990s when they interviewed all the people who went in, the scientists and all who went into the biodome and they put together present day interviews and the old footage interviews and what happened inside the biodome. And so it's called space, spaceship earth. And it came out, uh, it pre Pre, uh, premiered in January last year, but it didn't come to home video till May because of COVID and everything. But my, I, I this movie I loved, and um, I didn't think I was going to love it, and I still haven't bought it, but I need it on Blu-ray because I, I just blown away by it, and a lot of people didn't like it, but it was the col- color out of space. I really like that movie. Oh, that's on I my like... top list. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Because that we can talk about it when you get to it. But yeah, I really liked it. No, it's not about right now. I was so okay. excited when they said Richard Stanley's coming back with a new film. I'm like, oh God, don't let this be another poop in the wind. Richard Stanley's doing Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a really big uh I'm a really big Lovecraft fan anyway, so uh yeah, I was 
I kind of went into it hesitantly, just like you said, uh, Stephen. Uh, I'm like Nicholas Cage. He's kind of hit or miss for me, and I know that's a that's a you know fairly uh, common feeling when it comes to Nicholas Cage. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> You know when you go into a Nicolas Cage movie, he's either going to be really, really good or just over the top. And I was just like, ah. I'm like, I don't know, man. Can he handle it? The bad lieutenant uh, for to call New Orleans going because he's both really, really good and really, really over the top in the same movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of, the over the top shit. All right, because the movie is kind of over the top. I mean, the colors are really over the top. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's almost like they're out of space. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but I story being adapted before. Heck, uh, what was that one you liked with uh, Annihilation? That was another pretty good adaption of the Colorado space that. Really didn't get the make the color itself look weird enough. Yeah, no this this is one like this version of the movie is one that like like this was the time this was the place you know like special effects have advanced so much to the point where you can pretty much do anything. I mean, think about yeah. uh, you know you know when when I first. I, I think we've talked about this before uh, on the show. When I first heard that they were making a, a film version of Sin City, I was like, eh, like I'm 50-50 on Robert Rodriguez anyway. Some of his movies I like, some of his movies I don't like. But Sin City is one of my favorite comic books. And I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to do Sin City on the big screen. And then, boom, mind blown, you know, like, and that movie's what? 10, 15 years old now. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, but, you know, the, the fact that they were able to, you know, that special effects had advanced so far that they were able to make that movie look as cool and as much like the comic books as they could, you know, and we just keep getting better and better. Um, and, yeah, Color Out of Space is, uh, it, did, uh, did you guys see, uh, I'm sure Vicky saw it, I'm sure you both saw it, but uh, Black Rainbow, right? Like uh, that that one's a few years older now, but that one beyond it the reminded black me rainbow, of, yeah, yeah, beyond the black rainbow, yeah, yeah, uh, very similar visual effects uh to follow up on what you were saying, Stephen, I was kind of hesitant too, because, yes, the last movie that Stanley directed was the Island of Dr. Moreau, Ugh, oh. Gosh. That was a scary movie in in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, in all the wrong ways. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. But I love the fact that Stanley took it slow. That's where most people, uh, Wells the Curse, uh, Die, Monster, Die, really takes the time, really rushes it. And you don't get to feel sorry for the people everything starts going going to hell. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of one of the tenets of Lovecraft's writing. When you're reading it, uh most often their first 
journal entries or whether they're just telling you the story, uh, you know, it's one of the tenets of his, uh, his writing that the story unfolds slowly in layers until you get to, you know, the terror that, you know, consumes the, the protagonist at the end of the entire thing, you know? So that, that was a good, it was a really good adaption in that, for that reason that it did unfold slowly. And I, I know a lot of people don't like movies that are like slow burn movies, but I love it. I, I love a movie that takes yeah. its time to get me where it's going. As long as it has a good ending, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for it. You know, if it's, yep. if I'm enjoying, if I'm, if I'm enjoying it while I'm watching it and it leads up to a good ending, I'll, I'll sit through it, you know? So, yeah, I that agree. was a good one. Yeah, when Vicky didn't want to watch this at first, and then I said, oh, it's the same story as Annihilation. She's like, oh, I might watch this. Yeah. But you have to agree it's way better than Annihilation. No, oh, you don't understand. I've read the books that Annihilation comes from, and I do like Annihilation. And... I yeah I have a special place in my heart for those books in that movie. Those books are a hard read, a hard read. They might be somewhat um, thin as far as pages go, but they're a hard read, and it takes a lot of thought and to read those and understand what's going on, and then try to condense all three of those books into one film that an audience can, I don't even know how this, this, that movie got the money to be made because if you read those books, you're like, how do you make a movie out of this? And so they had to condense the whole, all the ideas into that one film. They wanted to do three films, but there's no money for that because it didn't make money in the first place. So anyway, 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 I think Annihilation is a fantastic film, actually. One of my favorites. Recently, one, recent favorite. One of your, one of your favorites. Recently, really. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Just, just, just a recent favorite. <laughs> yeah, let's say from 10, 2015. There's a difference. You, you know, in sci-fi, there's a huge difference between in five years because technology changes so quickly. So do the films. So do the yeah. ideas from the books to the film. And so uh, the idea of Annihilation probably couldn't even have been written before people started understanding what quantum physics was all about. And so that those books were not, those are recent books in the last um, decade. So when you're talking about science fiction, and I say recent science fiction, I mean a chunk of like five years, 2020 back to 2015, and then 2015 back to 2010. They have to be kind of chunked into their own little special era when you're talking. If you're going to, you know, if you talk in general overall... It's way down on the list. Like, uh, look yeah. how quick uh, cyberpunk as a literary genre in a filmatic conceit it died in the 90s. It was like, right. 
tired of it or people didn't relate to it and so they they dropped it yeah uh yeah cyberpunk steampunk uh all that stuff is just it's too much for me uh I, i'm just a punk like <laughs> i i don't need a i don't need a prefix uh um I'm almost 50 years old and I wander around in baggy jeans, skate sneakers, uh, graphic tees and ratty sweatshirts. I, 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 I'm still that, I'm still that kind of punk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't need a, I don't, I don't need a. On my, uh, yeah, on my worst list. And this goes for every year I have a special award. You go awards for excellent in acting. I have two, one for females and one for male. And the male is Tom Hardy and the movie is Capone. If you ever want to Uh-oh. see a movie with Capone walking around with uh, dementia and shitting the bed through most of the movie, yes, that's a big <laughs> plot point is that he kicks the bed a lot because he has terminal syphilis. This is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got that first yeah. series is about the last week before Al Capone died. Oh, well. And it's him wandering around, hooping himself with just not remembering where he stashed his money. That's basically the whole movie. Yeah, I generally like Tom Hardy, but uh, that movie did not. Yeah, I have to Marie Kondo that. It did not bring me joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I guess Tom Hardy can make a bad comic effect, Mickey. Like I said, Mickey, we're not overstating this for comic effect. As a matter of That's fact, I'm understating bad. it. <laughs> yeah, it it was like it, and like you said, it is bizarre, like to make a movie about Al Capone, one of the most famous gangsters in the history of the United States, and be like, you know what we should do? Let's focus on his last weeks on Earth when he was suffering from dementia and venereal disease, and let's have him shit himself a lot. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be fun, huh? <laughs> it almost and seems the like one of those award... Yeah, go ahead, finish. Oh, I was just going to say, it almost seems like one of those movies that would have been greenlit in the 80s when, like, you know, you've got four executives sitting around a boardroom just snorting coke, like, yeah, 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 yeah. People want to see how people want you to sell. <laughs> 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 and the, worst, no, the award for worst actress and I mean the Hugo Stiglitz Award for Actress is Anne Hathaway in that horrid adaption of the witches. Oh. 
I couldn't watch it. I just watched the trailer. Sorry, go ahead. You played Mortal Kombat, haven't you, uh, Vicky? You played Mortal Kombat, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And Hathaway is basically playing Melina in the fucking witches. That's how her mouth looks. Like <laughs> Melina from freaking Mortal Kombat with the big open <laughs> mouth terrible. and nothing but teeth. Yeah, well, trailer was terrible. Now, I never watched the film. Now, I, I didn't think the movie was that terrible. I don't really care much for Anne Hathaway most of the time and the movie was kind of I don't know pedantic. It wasn't it wasn't that great. It was kind of bland. But what really irritated me about it goes back to what we were talking about before about this whole obsessive cancel culture thing because uh, people started complaining because when the witches finally show their true form, they, they only have like three fingers. And so people were like, well, you know, as a finger impaired person, I find this very insulting. And I don't think this movie should be shown. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I just, when is it going to end? You know, like, well, I lost two fingers in a, in a accident at the sawmill. And I think this movie is very insulting to people who only have three fingers. Like, Jesus, come on. Like how, how ridiculous is this going to get? You know, like, uh, I mean, everyone is entitled to, to respect. I don't disagree with that. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I respect everyone. This, uh, Jesus, my job consists of me spending hours a day working with people with disabilities, like mental, physical, I, that's what I do for work. I am certainly in no way, you know, I, but just, uh, I don't know. It just, it's driving me insane how far we're going. They, <clears throat> I, I think I told you guys this a couple of weeks ago, whenever I go to an, a, a TV show, that's one of my comfort shows. I usually just skip to like season three, episode six, boom. Don't care what it is. It's the show I've seen a thousand times. I'm just season three, episode six. Well, I went to do that the other day and like, I can't even remember what show it was, but there, there was no season three, episode six or season three, episode five. Like two of the episodes had just been yanked off of Netflix. I was just like, obviously just jumped to the conclusion. Well, there must've been something in there that offended somebody. So they pulled it off. Like, they pulled down an epi- they they pulled down an episode of the Golden Girls when uh like uh, two of the characters went to a spa and they were getting facial mud mud bath facials and then they walk out and they're they've got the mud bath facials on oh, oh blackface my, really yep they pulled it, yep they pulled it down blackface that's blackface right there <clears throat> it's like really wow this is how this is how far we were. This is how far we are. Because when they came out of the spa room with the mud mats on, they encountered a black man, and they made, they made jokes. You know, they make jokes about it in the episode. But then, 
yeah, the episode's gone now because blackface. Yeah. <sighs> That's really sad. Yeah, I, I just like I said, I don't know when's it gonna end, and I, I have you know, I consider myself a real far left leaning liberal, and you know, but I have friends who are even more crazy about it than I am. Like, I'll I'll say something that that could be misconstrued as racist or sexist because I feel comfortable in the fact that I'm not racist or sexist. It's just jokes. I'm a comedian. I make jokes. I don't say yeah, stuff on stage that I would consider. Move on to your next movie. I want to quote one of my favorite lines from Clerk. And he says, there's two types of people in this world. One who just sit down and shit and those that have to fix the toilet perfect before they <laughs> sit down and shit. And the days that we fix our word for the people who have to have the warm toilet seat and nice comfy body back, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> <sighs> we are screwed. I don't know what to say about that. I'm agreeing. We are. Okay, what's another one from you, Well, I wanted to take a minute. Uh, I thought this would be fun uh, before we move on. Uh, because we've only got about a half hour left to talk about some of our our most favorite films of the year. Since uh, most of our listeners know that Stephen and I have done, and uh, and Vicky and I have been on some of these podcasts too, uh, this is the first year that Stephen and I were co-hosts of a podcast, where in past years, Steven has had other podcasts with other co-hosts and I've been on there. Vicky's been on there. Um, but this is the first year that Steven and I have co-hosted a podcast together. So I thought a fun thing to be, to do would be uh, to talk about my, one of my, my absolute favorite movie from last year. And I know uh, most people are going to think it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which Stephen and I uh, actually live streamed one night on this very podcast. But actually, and I know Stephen's going to like this, my favorite movie from last year was VFW. What do you think about that one, Stephen? Uh, yeah, that's my number one of this year because it didn't hit till this year unless you've seen it on the festival circuit. BFW is the best 80s action film directed by John Carpenter that wasn't made in the 80s and wasn't directed by John Carpenter. It's just so good. Yeah. Well, see, if if that's your number one, I just teed you up. So you want to talk about VFW now or you got another movie you want to talk about first? Yeah, I want to talk about, well, first I'm going to get my two worst out of the way, and the second is Veronica. Imagine if you gave a 12-year-old boy with too many hormones a camera and an unlimited budget and said, okay, make a movie. You would get Veronica. I barely made it 20 minutes. 
through the movie before I started banging my head on the table and had to turn it off because I didn't want to crack my skull even farther than it was. This <laughs> one so, it goes with like people are like, I gotta watch Morata to see how bad it is. I'm like, don't God, no, don't shoot yourself yeah. in the face or the foot. Don't watch it. But my number yeah. one worst was well to set it up. Have you guys do you guys remember that skit that Eddie Murphy did with the uh, TV Wonder back in the 80s where they had plantation land? No. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I, don't. Well, I kind of. That's antebellum. That's the whole twist of the fucking movie is that these white people in modern day America are running this amusement park where they fucking kidnap blacks to use as slaves for their amusement. <laughs> well, no wonder no one liked it. <laughs> yeah, and they actually have this in the scene, and I'm saying this out of hate for the movie, and this is exactly a line quote from the movie. movie. And they said, you want to know why we kidnapped you? Why? Because you're an uppity nigger, and we don't like those. Wow. That was the script? Yeah. I Uh, have watched Fight for Your Life. I own Fight for Your Life. I own Ideal Zeal Tom. Antebellum is worse than them. Yeah. It was a pretty despicable movie. It was one of those movies that, like, uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those movies after you watch it, you feel like you need a shower. It's just like, ugh. And you want to punch the director in the mouth. And it's one of those things, too, like, um, like, I like so many of the actors that are, and actors and actresses that are in it. That I'm just like, how did you read this script and think, oh yeah, 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 this is a good movie for for uh, 2020, yeah, because you know maybe Black Lives don't matter. Wait, you're all black. What what the hell are you doing? Come on, let's not. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure just... that they read the script right <clears throat> after they opened the mail full of bills. That <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the top... bottom line yeah. for 2020. Yeah, that's probably it's like a fair. A that's... couple of years ago, uh, me and Nate have talked about this on the show. And we still debate this. It's like people are like, "Oh, Twenty Years in the Slave is such a wonderful movie," and that racist fucking Django Unchained. <laughs> so the movie yeah. where the black guy gets over on the white man and kills a whole lot of them is racist. But the right. one about the black slave who is freed by the white man, played by Brad Pitt, one of the whitest people there is, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. No, Annie Bellum was just awful, though. You're, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, you know, 
for me to say that, viewing through the lens, I'm right now while we're on while we're on uh, the podcast, I'm watching Last House on the Left behind me. Okay, Last House on the Left is on the TV behind me. For me to say yeah. that a movie that features rape and murder is despicable, uh, yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a condemnation. Yeah, uh, I can handle Last House on the Left, but uh, no, Annie Bellum was just disgusting. I, I, yeah, I hated it. Gross. I get the idea behind it. Uh, it's almost it almost shares kind of a. It's almost like a spiritual ancestor to M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, like because you know it's 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 the past in in the present, you know. So, but you know, it's still like The Village doesn't have rape and you know uh, slavery, so. <laughs> Well, uh, I won't watch it. Yeah, my no- Yeah, good be glad. I was like, I wonder what the twist was, because they keep showing her. It's like she got the trailer says it like she goes back in time. You no. Know? And my yeah. number two of last year to set up something good is Guns Akimbo. I love that insane piece of crap movie. Who thought that Harry Potter with guns welded to his hand being called a fuckboy for 90 minutes by Samara Weaving would be <laughs> as fun as it is? Well, I have to give it to Daniel Radcliffe, man. Like, of course, in our hearts and minds, he's always going to be Harry Potter. But he's done some really good stuff post-Harry Potter. Um, Swiss Army <laughs> Man, I... I liked that a lot, and Guns Akimbo was a really, it was a fun movie if you're, I mean, if you can handle, whereas Swiss Army Man just had a lot of farting in it. Yeah, Guns Akimbo is a pretty violent action movie, but it's still really, really fun. It's a, it's a, it's a, I would say, like, action comedy film, you know. So. Yeah, Did it's getting so if you see Samara waving in it and you know she's going to be holding a gun, the movie's going to be worth watching. <laughs> Did you see that one, Vicky? Guns Akimbo? No, huh? Nope. Like I said, I didn't yeah, watch a lot fun. of movies. <laughs> this, you I, I like Samara waving. She's just, uh, she's just, she plays the badass roles most men played in the 80s better than the men did. <laughs> hey, now, don't be disparaging Roadhouse. You know I love me some Swayze, and he was the best action hero we had in the 80s, Stephen. He would have if Sam Elliott wasn't in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I was actually watching the Rift yeah. Tracks episode. I was watching the Rift Tracks episode of Roadhouse uh, the other day, and there's a funny part when Patrick Swayze has uh, Sam Elliott in a chokehold, and one of the Rift Tracks guys is like, say the dude abides, 
say the dude abides. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Guns <laughs> Kimbo was fun. I love all the video games. Here's what I didn't like about Wonder Woman 2. There's no 80s in it. There's no 80s music in it. This is not one of my words, but there's no 80s music in it. If you took the poster and changed it to Wonder Woman 1992 and cut out that one scene of C. Trevor trying on 80s clothes, you wouldn't even know that that movie was set in 1984. Yeah, right. I also, I, I don't know. My other problem with Wonder Woman uh, 1984 is I didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, everyone was so psyched when the first Wonder Woman came out because it, you know, she was so, she was a strong feminist icon, you know, who kicked ass and, you know, Wonder Woman 1984, like, I don't know. I I, did, I just didn't feel like there was as much. I didn't feel like there was as much at stake in the plot, and I didn't feel like uh, there was enough action in it. And I didn't feel like she really. I didn't feel like Gal Gadot was playing the same character. I really didn't. It felt like a different version of Wonder Woman from the first movie. It it just it it was weird to me. You know. You watch yeah, but the whole Marvel was still badass. Why don't they make? You agree with me, Vicky? They need to make uh, a spinoff uh, film with Princess Buttercup's character in Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I'd watch that. She's just badass. Yeah, I'd watch it. Um, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I there were things about that movie uh, I didn't like. Way. There were things about that movie yeah. I did like. I thought there were three different scripts in that movie, and any one of them would have been a when I would have been good at an hour and forty five minutes to close to two hours if they would have just gone with one story instead of three stories all mashed together. Um. I didn't like that at all. They tried to do something that Marvel does, and Marvel barely pulls it off each time. In fact, they don't even pull it off each time. But DC just can't do it. Why is it that in the seventies and eighties we could just we could just make a badass action film and just put a woman in? And not really the woman being a badass. That's, it's patronizing. These jerks don't know how patronizing it is. And I hate it. I hate every single bit of what you are trying to say right now. But it's patronizing. And because it's patronizing in such a deep and profound way, it will never last. It'll just be a freaking fat fad, a trend, and it'll go away. And that's the harm that it's doing. Oops, did I get serious? Sorry. Like, uh, in the oh, 70s, give me that we Sam Greer and all that in the set and on the drive-in just whooping ass. 
And we didn't need right. to make it the big she's a woman. It's Pam Breer. It's Ripley. It's fucking Sarah Connor. Right. 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 Like it the was, moment they were dad or she's grabbing Kyle and just, yeah. And, They're and bad the ass because of their high. attitude. Yeah. Well, I love the moment in Terminator where she just turns into bad, bad ass Sarah Connor. Like, just boom, no, You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, see, the thing about the woke bullshit is that it's just bullshit. And if it really meant something, you wouldn't patronize what you are trying to uplift. But they don't know the difference. No one goes to school anyone, anymore. No one thinks about things um, deeply. Nobody looks at history. Nobody looks at anything other than the next paycheck. And let's slap some shit together so that uh, we look good and we're doing the right thing for all people because we think diversely. That that woke shit isn't working, and then you get crap like these shows, these films you just mentioned. <laughs> Not the good ones, yeah. you know. The like, modern day action films, like Captain Marvel, is the worst of it because they have all this girl power music. Yeah, you know. Oh, it's like Powerpuff Girls on on. Steroids. No, they're already on steroids. Powerpuff Girls on acid. I don't know. It's just... No, the Powerpuff Girls on acid is basically just an episode of Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. Okay. Now uh, we're going to uh, really have to cut it down since we're 9.50. What's everyone's favorite of the year? What's yours, Nate? Uh, my favorite movie of the year was an hilarious uh, mockumentary called Death to 2020. Did either one of you see that? It just came up on my Netflix tonight, and I'm like, that looks like something good for uh, New Year's Eve. So, no, it, I haven't seen it, it yet. It's a great movie. It was written uh, by Charlie Booker, uh, the creator of Black Oh, Mirror. wow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's hilarious. Uh, it, it, I know that some episodes of Black Mirror are more uh, comedic than others, obviously. I've watched the entire series. But this yeah. one, Charlie, Charlie Booker really leans into his comedy sensibilities. It's got a great cast. Um, it has Samuel L. Jackson, um, Hugh Grant, Lisa Kudrow, and they're not playing themselves. They're playing characters who are being interviewed about all of the events of 2020. Oh, I've seen the trailer. Oh, that's yes. what that movie is? Oh, I can't yes. wait. You need to watch it. That, it was doesn't my Bette Midler, isn't Bette Midler in it? Uh, no, I don't think Bette Midler was in it. I've watched it twice now. Bette Midler wasn't in it. Oh, okay. No. Oh, no. No. Who is it? Hmm. Um. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else. It has, uh, Tracy Ullman, Kumal Noonjani, uh, Leslie Jones is in it, uh, 
Lawrence oh, yeah. Fishburne is, the, is Lawrence Fishburne is the narrator. It, it's hilarious. <gasps> my heart beats Lawrence, still. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my favorite, my favorite movie of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Death to Twenty Twenty. I would suggest that to anyone who has a good sense of humor and also enjoys Black Mirror. <laughs> so well, that's mine. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you well, I already mentioned mine. The Vast of Night is my favorite movie of 2020, and Color Out of Space is probably my second. But there is this one movie I know I mentioned on my show or your show or sometime, and uh, I like it because it's just fun. And that was Enola Holmes. I thought that that was just a fun movie. I did not think I was going to like it. I thought it was going to be too sappy or too sympathetic or too, too, you know, too Hollywood or something. And it turned out I really, really enjoyed it. So, Enola Holmes. Yeah, that that was, uh, I felt the same way kind of going into it. The only reason I watched it really honestly is because I am a fan of Sherlock Holmes and yeah. I am a fan of Stranger Things and I, I was like, All right, I'll give it a shot and I but I kinda thought the same thing. I thought it was gonna be more like uh like like tween Yeah skewed toward, skewed more towards like tween uh you know yeah, that's what I thought. Well, the books are. Well, this yeah. wasn't. But, <laughs> this uh, wasn't. This was more grown up, more more clever. Yeah, and I I really liked it too because uh, Harry Bradbeer. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about like TV shows much, but uh, he directed episodes of Rami. I don't know if you guys watched that this year or Fleabag. Those were those were big shows that uh, Abby and I got into this year. So when I saw his name as the director, I was like, well, he's directed some good episodes of some of our favorite TV shows this year. So let's give it a shot. You know? Yeah. The pacing was good. I liked the pacing. I liked the, uh, uh, I thought the cinematography was good. Just the script was, was lively and, yeah, I, it was a surprise, a total surprise. Yeah, it was a fun movie. Yeah. All right, Stephen, we got five minutes left. Hit us with your number can one I, oh, for the year. Can I just say yeah, one more number thing? Number one is... Oh, okay. Wait. Yeah, before you say films, I just want to say really quickly that um, since I did watch a lot of TV, a lot of streaming, um, there are three shows that I really, I already mentioned Raised by Wolves because of what you said, Stephen. So that's pure science fiction. That's very, 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 very good. Um, The Outsider, which was on HBO, um, that is um, mystery, horror, scary, 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 evil shit. It's good. It's great. The build is slow, but uh, it's just in, it's enchanting in, in a horrific way. So the outsider, then on Peacock, they put together Brave New World. I thought was perfect, 
perfect for all of you who've never read the book Brave New World. Just watch the show on Peacock, and then the the other very weird kind of science fictiony was Tales from the Loop on Amazon on Prime, and so those are what I wanted to to check those out if you need something to watch. Or the Creep Show TV show on Shudder. That one was really good too. There you go. Yeah. My number one is VFW. It's one that, here's the plot line. Five Vietnam vets are in uh, their local VFW, which they own to celebrate the owner's birthday. When this woman come, when this little girl comes in after stealing drugs from these drugged-out mutants, and it turns into a cross between uh, Night of the Living Dead and uh, Siege on Precinct 13. Yeah. With just great wow. actors across. Yeah, that movie has an amazing cast. I, uh, I think you were the one who turned it on to me, turned me on to it originally. I think you were, you were like, hey, you got to check out VFW, and yeah, that movie was great. Definitely one of the best. Yeah, I mean, it's just nothing but basically pure action once it starts. There's no. It's 90 minutes. That's what an action film really needs to be if it knows what it's doing. He's good, yeah. he's bad. Here comes the fight. Yep. We made yeah. it through another freaking year. Do you guys have any last things to say to 2020? But I get to say fuck you to it. But fuck you, 2020. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm done with 2020, but uh, you know, we appreciate everyone tuning in whether you listen to us live or whether you stream us later. We appreciate the fact that everyone is stuck with us through the year, through all of our nonsense and uh stay safe. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Happy yeah, will get out of the mess that she's in with her school so she can be on more of our shows. Ah, Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? <laughs> well, we're going to see. Yeah, that's we're the part. We're going to see. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, Abby, good night. Well, Go ahead. Good night. Oh, I was just going to say, Abby got her oh. first shot of the uh, of the vaccine today. So, uh, if she grows a third arm or a third ear or something, I'll let, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. See you next year. Good night, everyone. Good night. Happy New Year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.